The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favorite player over and unders to cash. Head over to prizepicks.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. I honestly don't know how anybody has survived so far this week 15. It has been absolutely brutal in so many ways. If you guys rode some of your players into the fantasy playoffs and you may not see you next week, I'm sorry. I don't even know what to tell you. We did our best analysis, everybody across the industry, and and it's all for naught in many cases. Uh, But I got to tell you, if you've survived, thank goodness, and we're here to help you get through the championship uh, weekend. And of course, as always, we bring on a special guest, and this is even a more special guest. We are bringing on the prop queen from Yahoo Sportsbook, Ariel Epstein. Ariel, welcome. And did you survive week 15 of the nfl (laughs) oh barely thank you for having me on week 15 has been so crazy with all of the covid situations and having to bet on props it's just made things so difficult not only from obviously not knowing who's on and off the field if you don't know the books don't know that means you're waiting until the last minute for all of these props to come out it's just absolute torture it was brutal. I mean, especially because I, I help co-host the PropCast too, which is the NFL show where we, we you know, set up props for the week. And me, poor me and Will were looking around and digging and there was nothing out there. I mean, we barely, we had to go Taysom Hill completion props, which by the way, five short of him hitting. Uh, I was a little ticked off that he couldn't get those last five passes. But yeah, I mean, Ariel, it was just a brutal landscape for week 15. And I don't know that week 16 is going to be any better. How about you? I'm hoping for the best. I like to be an optimist. There are so many things we're finding out about these teams, such as who they're relying on as their next man up. Those are the opportunities that you can take full advantage of. If there's still a COVID situation, if there's an injury, we're starting to realize those second and third strings that are actually effective. For example, even just looking at the Ravens, Lamar Jackson being out, and now you put Tyler Huntley in the game. Tyler Huntley went over his passing yards, uh, rushing yards, and he covered the spread. You can start to rely on some of these, not only backup quarterbacks, backup running backs, backup receivers as well. Yeah, not to mention he crushed me. Uh, The guy who had Lamar Jackson that was starting against me, uh, I was hoping and crossing my fingers that he would not pick up on the fact that Lamar was out. Unfortunately, he picked up Hundley, and unfortunately, I'm not making it to the next round of the playoffs because that guy went off. 
I, I mean, look, my team was not strong enough to withstand Tyler Huntley or just whatever. I, I'm I so mad at myself, too, because I have Lamar Jackson as my starting quarterback. I went to Jimmy Garoppolo instead of going to Tyler Huntley solely because I felt as much as I'm a Ravens fan. I was very nervous about what that offense has looked like, even with Lamar Jackson the last few weeks, although I knew Huntley was just like replacing Lamar. And I'm not kidding. I know people will say Lamar's an MVP. I have watched Huntley play now three or four times in his career. I never miss Lamar when Huntley's on the field. I absolutely love the guy. The problem is that the the offense just didn't look good for the last few weeks, especially tight end Mark Andrews. He had a great game last night, minus the two-point conversion that I don't want to talk about. Nah, yeah, definitely follow Ariel on Twitter to find out exactly why she's not happy about that situation. Uh, but, okay, Ariel, the reason we brought you on today is, look, you are famous for your prop bets on the Yahoo Sportsbook. But here's the thing. We're going to co-mingle these a little bit. We're going to talk fantasy, but we're going to talk props because, look, all of this stuff goes hand in hand. And if you are uh, counting on a player to do a certain level of production, uh, then you know what to expect out of them going into the next week. So some of these players that we're bringing up are, are guys that kind of turned your head a little bit, right? That were like, oh, wow, this guy did pretty good. Uh, others of them are, are ones that you relied on to get through that may have let you down. And we're going to try to figure out whether or not that's going to continue. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to set a little over-under. And Ariel, quickly you will recognize... I'm not a handicapper, a handicapper. So some of these numbers that I came up with, you could pick apart, tell me how horrible they are. Uh, but I think all in all, we just want to get people uh, situated for week 16 and, and thinking about what to expect from some of these guys uh, and whether or not they should start them, I guess, as a result. So um, Ariel, let me walk you through how this show works. We're going to put three minutes on the clock. We got 10 players to get through. Uh, and, and at 30 seconds to go, you're going to hear a little clock ticking. That means we got 30 seconds to wrap it up. You're going to hear our little buzzer. Uh, that means it's time to move on to the next player. So, Ariel, I'm excited to get to talking to these players. How about you? I am, too. Can't wait. I feel like I'm on a game show, so let's get to it. Let's get to it. 33 minutes on the... Oh, that's the laugh track. Hey, buddy, wrong button. You'd think I'm a professional at this point. Three minutes on the clock, Ariel. We're going to start with Brandon Cooks, who, thank goodness for me, uh, had a, a, a good game in two aspects. One, he is on one of my fantasy teams. And two, I did take his over 63 and a half uh, receiving yard prop last week for the propcast. So he hit that. He got me some points in fantasy. Uh, but will this continue, Ariel? And I say this because I want him to do it. Uh, but I think the, the Texans want him to do it more. I have his over under. And look, we're not going to do half yards because this is not betting. This is fantasy. Uh, we've got his over under set at 70 receiving yards. How realistic is this, Ariel? And can I hope for 70 receiving yards out of Brandon Cooks in week 16? My problem is I have loved Brandon Cooks since the first week of the season. Unfortunately, every time that I bet this player, he goes under his receiving yards prop when I bet the over. The Chargers allow the six least yards per game to wide receivers this year. Back-to-back 100-yard receiving games for Cooks is awesome. However, in games where he's up against teams that are top 10 defending against receivers, he's gone under 70 receiving yards in five out of those seven games. The odds are telling me to take the under. The odds are telling you to take the under. All right, so what's a realistic expectation out of Brandon Cooks? What do you feel in your heart of hearts is something that we can see out of Brandon Cooks? Because you're breaking mine right now, but I want to know what, what you think we can expect out of Brandon Cooks. 
45, 50 receiving yards. Uh, realistically, if he had a good quarterback, he should be hitting 100 receiving yards a game. He's a great player. Unfortunately, when you're dealing with a, a messed up quarterback situation where every week you don't know who's starting under center, every week you're going through a quarterback change, it's really difficult to establish a relationship with your quarterback. That's why as much as I love watching Brandon Cooks do well and as much as I've enjoyed betting the over on his receiving yards props, They've burned me more than they have helped me. And that's solely because when you are the only guy on the team that defenses have to zone in on, the Chargers have enough defensive weapons. They can do that. They can zone in on one player like a Brandon Cooks and say, hey, yeah, try to get everyone else on your team to do well. Rex Burkhead, come at us. No, no, no. Uh, I am not going after the number one player on the Houston Texans offense. Nobody fears Rex Burkhead. Poor guy. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing about Brad. I, 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 exactly what you said, too. I just feel sorry for him because he really is a talented player, and he's got the big game potential to hit over anything you said uh, against him. But, uh, again, with the quarterback situation and the Chargers, they're going to be playing a little bit ticked off, right? I mean, this is a defense that has got – little bit owned uh, last week, and they're going to want to come out against the poor Texans and go off. Uh, so listen, would you start or sit Cooks? It's kind of an easy, well, it seems like an easy question, but would you start or sit Cooks? Ooh, I mean, of course, it all depends on who you have on your team, but the way COVID's going recently, no one wants to touch Texas, so Brandon Cooks might have to just be a starter anyway. A decent wide receiver, too, or flex spot for Cooks. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep him in. I have to keep him in because uh, I drafted him early on in to be a wide receiver one. I mean, yeah. this is somebody that I was counting on, especially when I thought Deshaun Watson was going to be the quarterback going into it. Even Terod Taylor is fine. However, without Terod Taylor under center, it makes it difficult with the Davis Mills and having to rely on going up against the top 10 defense against receivers. Who knows that all they have to do is zone in on one player and not have other weapons to have to worry about, not even in the run game. Nope. Not anywhere on that field. Poor Texans. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let us move across the uh, coast to the West Coast where I am. San Francisco just continues to churn out running backs left and right. I'm, I'm sure, Ariel, we could probably carry the ball for San Francisco and, and do well under Shanahan. Uh, but Jeff Wilson, just another in the long line of guys that keep getting the rock for San Francisco. Uh, I have him set this week because I think we all anticipate that Jeff Wilson is probably going to get the bulk of the work again uh, if Elijah Mitchell is still out and all things being equal because Hasty. I don't know that he's going to get much work either. Uh, but Jeff Wilson, I've got his over-under. And look, this is one where last week he had a really good game, right? I mean, he, he came out swinging. Um, he had 110 yards on 21 carries. But is this a comeback down to earth week? I have him at 45 rushing yards. What are we thinking about that, Ariel? I'm thinking you're giving us a generous line. The book is probably going to give us somewhere closer to 50. I would take an over on 45 rushing yards for Wilson. If you look at Tennessee, despite them allowing the second least rushing yards per game to running backs, there are still other players that have gone over this number just barely. Ramondre Stevenson for Patriots, he went over it at 46. Mark Ingram for the Saints went over it at 47. Actually, he might have been on Houston at that time. And then Daryl Henderson for the Rams, 55 rushing yards. Even though these aren't high numbers, which is why Tennessee is ranked as the second best run defense in football, 
it's still at 45 is too low of a number for me to bet an under on someone like Jeff Wilson, who's gone over this in all three games without Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, he has. And and again, this is why, like I said, we're talking cross language here. We're talking props. But we're also talking fantasy because if, if Ariel's saying he's going to go over 50 yards, I mean, you already know that's five points. The chances are he may get into the end zone if he gets close. I don't. I can't remember exactly, and I don't have the goal line because now all of a sudden I started thinking goal line. But I know he got a lot of the carries in and around that too. Uh, so the chances of him maybe getting a touchdown are are there. Although you're right, Tennessee has been tough. They've been very, and in fact, they haven't really allowed a touchdown in a while uh, to a, a running back on the opposing team. So yeah, and you talk about Jermichael Hasty, but the person that I'm more worried about. Is um is when you have to worry about a wide receiver and Debo Samuel having those rushing yards taken from you. I mean, it's the most crazy thing when you're looking at. Hey, I'm looking at the board and I see 49ers game. I'm looking for Debo Samuel rush attempts. I'm looking for Debo Samuel rushing yards. I'm more worried about him taking away carries from Jeff Wilson than I am from any of the other running backs taking away carries or even goal line carries from Wilson. And that's the thing, right? I mean, we just saw Debo score a rushing touchdown in his fifth straight game. I mean, this is, uh, there was a list that I just saw the tweet that was tweeted out earlier of running backs that he's doing better than uh, as a wide receiver rushing the ball. It's just phenomenal to me. I love Debo. I've loved him. He's helped my fantasy team out quite a bit. Um, But you don't think he's going to dig in too much uh, for Jeff Wilson to where I think he could still be a flex play, right? I could see him being a flex, not in any kind of PPR, of course, but if you want to flex him in uh, a non-PPR league, then he's a decent option for getting out there on the field for San Francisco. And the thing is, I I feel like I could still find someone better than having to put Jeff Wilson in as my running back in a flex spot. There are other places that you could probably attack a defense that's more prone to giving up yardage for either a running back or a wide receiver. Tennessee does scare me. This is all about the number for me. You giving me 45 rushing yards. I'm saying the book gives us about 50, 52 for him. I just don't think fantasy-wise that he'd be someone I'd want to rely on to help me into getting one into the semifinals or even just your championship game, wherever you are in your slate. If you could find somebody better, maybe someone in a better spot, somebody who's the second string and there's COVID issues on a team, try to find a better sleeper. Jeff Wilson, you know what you're getting from him. You know that he's going to put up anywhere from 50 to 80 yards most likely, and especially with Tennessee. They limited even Derrick Henry to – or excuse me – not Derrick Henry. It was another, obviously not Derrick Henry. He's on Tennessee. Um, I'm trying to think of the the running back that I was, maybe it was Jonathan Taylor. It was somebody that they limited to under 100 yards in both games. And that's why when I look at someone like Tennessee, who's been so good against the run this year, if I'm going to bet something in the run game against Tennessee, I'm betting them to the over on a low number not going to bet them on my fantasy team into saying, yeah, this guy's going to make a difference. Yeah, because if you if you picked him up, I mean, obviously you were doing it out of some desperation with everything going on. So, yeah, and I think you're right. Ariel, you're right. It was, it was Taylor, 64 mm-hmm. yards. They held Taylor to 64 yards. I don't think anybody's yeah. been able to do that since. <laughs> I was messing them up because I know that the Colts limited Derrick Henry to under 80 yards in both his games against the Colts, and the Colts limited Jonathan Taylor to under 100 yards. So they both limited each other's running backs in both of their games. <laughs> it's like a Spider-Man meme, back, back and forth at each other. Uh, all right, let's move to Detroit. Maybe not geographically, but at least in this uh, instance where we're going to go to <laughs> Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I, I mean, he's come on. Uh, this is one of those feel-good stories, yeah. I guess, of the folks that were holding on to him. Um, I will admit 
Some of these things are coming out of my own fantasy rosters, Ariel. I'm a little selfish in that. I want to know from you because you have a lot more knowledge about them than I do. Uh, but Armand Rao St. Brown, 65 receiving yards is what I've got him set at. He has really surprised some folks over the last few weeks. Detroit has surprised some folks over the last few weeks. Um, I'm not going to say they're legit, but they're at least there. They're an <laughs> NFL team finally. Who is? Uh, who so is? legit. So, I'm on Ross St. Brown, 65 yards. How are we feeling on that one? I love it. I love that you brought him up too because Amon, I, I, it's hard for Amon Ross St. Brown, he has been one of those dark horses in the betting world. I looked back to him about three weeks ago when he first started taking off and I realized his number was very low. I forget who he was playing, but his name stood out just because I looked through all the numbers. I said, I've never really heard of this player. However, he's playing really well from a numbers perspective. And this was before he was going over 100 yards receiving. This was just when his prop was super low. And I was able to get him the way I was mentioning to you with some other players. You could find these low numbers for players that are one of the two stars on their team. When you've seen in the last three weeks, you look at the game log for St. Brown and you see that he's had 12 targets or more in the last three weeks that's having yards sam brown's great yeah and here's what's crazy is so eight catches in the last two games 10 catches the, the week before that he almost has really come out of obscurity and he gets a really choice matchup against atlanta who we just saw uh debo samuel have himself a day of course most of that was on the ground uh, but by and large I, I think that uh this is a chance where jared goff could get right against a, a not necessarily um uh, strong Atlanta team, as it were, uh, if I'm being generous. So, yeah, this could be another week where we see a, an all-in on Amon Ross St. Brown and maybe the the finish of an emergence. Because you think about that, he's got Seattle after that and Green Bay. Um, I don't know, Green Bay, they're going to have to throw the ball quite a bit, but Seattle's not scary either. So, uh, yeah, if I'm, if I'm a fantasy player and I have not, I mean, it, he's still out there in a bunch of leagues too to pick up as a free agent, which is, Really crazy. Um, so I think I'm taking a chance on Amon Ross A. Brown. I like it. Atlanta's secondary has struggled for, what, now four or five years since the Super Bowl. They don't have enough players to defend against Detroit's weapons. Don't forget, they still have a pretty good run game. You've got Swift back there. And you've still got Jared Goff, who can throw the ball deep. Despite everything that was said about his accuracy last year in, in Los Angeles, he still has a big arm and he can throw this ball deep to St. Brown who has been able to catch these deep balls for him. And that's why I have no issue with this. And also with Reynolds coming on in Detroit too, it's adding an extra element for more weapons. And when you have at least two weapons at wide receiver or even including a tight end, a secondary like Atlanta has to go up and defend now two of those players. Whereas we are talking about the Texans with Brandon cooks, there really is no one else except Brandon cooks. With St. Brown, with Reynolds, you have more players now that you have to look for, not just one. All right. I like that because that means I can roll them out again in the next week of the of the playoffs and feel good about it. Uh, but and again, if he's still out there on the waiver wire, go find him, right? I mean, waivers are extended yeah. this week, so he's he's got to be out there. He could definitely help you make the push. He's not just a plug and play. He may actually be the guy that gets you the next two weeks. He's the number to... one right now. He's leading the Lions in receiving yards. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you may not wanted to have that guy, but now you do. So how funny how we turn. Uh, all right. Speaking of not being a number one, but really emerging as somebody who I think folks uh, who drafted him early and then maybe dropped him 
maybe regretting, and that's Gabriel Davis. Uh, the Bills are, well, they're the Bills. I mean, there's not really much analysis you can do about the Bills other than they're the Bills. Uh, they like to throw the ball a lot. They've pretty much abandoned the running game, uh, as I know, because Devin Singletary is on my roster and really... <laughs> I need to replace him uh, yeah. quickly. But uh, Gabriel Davis, look, Ariel, I've got him set at 45 receiving yards. And I know that that might seem low based on his, his production of the last few weeks, but that's also based on his matchup too. So I want to know uh, what your feelings are on, on Gabriel Davis and if I'm too low on this number. My feelings on Gabriel Davis is that the Bills are not utilizing him as much as they should. I was speaking to a bunch of NFL insiders last year at the end of the season who said that the Bills coaching staff absolutely loves Davis. Have him on your fantasy team next year. He's going to be a weapon. Where? Why haven't they used him that much? And they haven't used him consecutively in consecutive weeks. And that's where my problem is with your 45 receiving yards number. Looking at his game log for the entire year, when he goes off for a game like he did this past weekend, he never follows it up the next week. I would say under, considering he's never gone back-to-back with this number of 45. He has never gone back-to-back hitting that over in back-to-back weeks. And now you're going up against the New England Patriots, who have been one of the best defenses in football this year, allowing the least amount of points per game to their opponents. Davis is great in fantasy when he could get in the end zone the way that he did yesterday, what, twice? He's not doing that again. The Bills, as much as I wish they would, they never seem to utilize him more than the way that they did last week, multiple times in a row. New England also, I mean, we're talking about the 14 to 10 miserable game to watch if you were on any overs and if you're a fantasy player. This game was pure torture. The Patriots know how to get to the Bills clearly. And because of how good their defense has been playing New England, I can't sit here and bet on a Buffalo Bills wide receiver that's not Stephon Diggs or even, you know, it's even tough for me on a Cole Beasley. I love him too. Yards after catch. He's an awesome player. The only reliable one right now on this Bills team seems to be Stephon Diggs. And it is frustrating from a fantasy standpoint because, again, I have Cole Beasley as well on another uh, roster of mine, and I, I want to trust him. I know that he's capable of putting up big numbers, and then when he does, he's on my bench. But then when I put him in after that next week, he gets me nothing. So it, 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 that's the same with Gabriel Davis, and you're absolutely right. Uh, but, but Gabriel Davis is a hot name in waiver wire articles this week because of what he did last week. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, we caution chasing points. Right. This, but this is this is a situation of, of actually chasing points this week with Gabriel Davis. Exactly. You're chasing what happened last week. Look ahead to this week. You also have a very different defense. The Carolina Panthers, their season's over. Their defense has been decent this year, too, which is what makes his performance shocking. New England and Carolina are on two completely different wavelengths when it comes to defense. And that's why I can't rely on an inconsistent player against the best defense in football. It's tough. It's tough. And if you put Gabriel Davis on your waivers, uh, just again, buyer beware. You just don't know. Uh, This is a situation where you could end up uh, really wishing you hadn't (laughs) this week with Gabriel Davis. Uh, All right. Speaking of chasing points, uh, Miles Gaskin owners uh, or managers rather are all a furious now uh, (laughs) because Duke Johnson rode in on his horse, stole everybody's fantasy points and really I just frustrated uh, an entire fantasy football community, probably a betting community, those uh, who who are all on Gaskins, either over-unders or touchdowns or whatever you were betting on Gaskin, you probably didn't get because of Duke Johnson. So, Ariel, my question, this isn't receiving, this isn't rushing, this isn't anything. I want to know, based on last week, 
Will Duke Johnson even see 13 total touches again this week? Uh, or I'm sorry, in week 16, because I mean, we're still in week 15 <laughs> against New Orleans, uh, who we just watched, uh, uh, you know, last night. So what are you thinking about Duke Johnson? I'm thinking not to chase like we just spoke about. Don't ride the hype just because it happened once. Miami's going to find themselves in a hole. New Orleans is coming off a high. They just picked up a huge win, shutting out Tom Brady. Their defense has been good all year. Their defense has been strong for the last few years. New Orleans is an offense that's going to start to figure it out now. Taysom Hill, what, third straight week uh, that he's been starting at quarterback coming up. He's figuring out how to air the ball out. He's building a connection with his receivers. Marquez Calloway in fantasy. He was on my bench this week, and he had 16 fantasy points. That was, that was a tough one. If you're going to get Miami down in a hole, they're not going to run the ball as much. They're going to have to air it out. I lost on a Gusecki prop this past week for Miami. He fell short by three receiving yards, which was absolutely painful. You're going to see them go to Parker. You're going to see them go to um, you're going to see them go to Gusecki again. When you're down in a hole against a team, you're not going to give the ball to your running backs. Plus, it's a split backfield, and I absolutely hate betting on split backfields. The only way, and I know we'll have this one coming up, the only way that I like betting on split backfields is certain situations like the Browns, the Cardinals, where you have one who's your 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 big guy that you're going to just like run up the middle. He's more of your rushing guy. And then when you have your other running back that's more of the receiving yards, then I'll go and bet the over on receiving yards for a second string running back, essentially. When it comes to total touches, when it comes to rushing yards per se, when it comes to touchdowns, there's nothing more frustrating when guessing the wrong running back. That's why when you go to the Patriots and you have to find something in the run game, no thank you. The last, what, five, six years with Bill Belichick, I don't draft one of those running backs. No way. I'm not going to do it here. I'm not betting anything Miami running backs. You have a one-game sample size. Don't get yourself too excited over it. There is no part of that New England running game that I've ever felt comfortable with at all. And it, Never. And, you know, no. I mean, and even now this year, Ramondre Stevenson, right, last week, it just even you couldn't even bet on that. And you knew with Harris being out that Ramondre Stevenson was probably going to get the bulk of the work. And yet it still blew up in a lot of people's faces. So, uh, yeah, Belichick, I don't know if he just hates us. Or if he just hates the game itself. And but that's why he's such a great coach. Because if as fantasy managers you can't figure out who to start, then how on earth is another coach going to figure it out? I always feel like we're trying to do exactly what a defensive coordinator is trying to do in figuring out who's going to be the player to attack. And that's why Belichick's so good. Because if you can, as a fantasy manager, choose one Patriots player that you want to start, yet they keep winning games, he's doing something right. And he's outworking all all of us in our way of managing players. <laughs> Miami, on the other hand, I'm not sure how smart they are. I, I do I do like this run game. I just don't like when there's not an established running back in either position, whether it's like the running like the more more rushing yards go to one back and the receiving yards go to the other. We don't know enough about Duke Johnson yet. Miami could take advantage and say, haha, the Saints are gonna plan for us to throw Duke Johnson out there. Let's put Gaskin back in. I don't play that game. I don't throw darts. I bet numbers and I make sure that I'm betting good numbers. You can't know if it's a good number from a one game sample size. And that goes hand in hand with fantasy because you can't go chasing all that stuff. Because if you do, 
you wind up not going for the championship this week uh, or losing the championship if it is this yeah. week, depending on what and it is. And if you're up against a bottom 10 run defense, then that's one thing. You're up against the Saints, who pride themselves on defense the last few years. I don't want to mess with a top defense. I'd rather, if anything, I would go and bet that prop if they were up against a bottom 10 run defense like the Houston Texans. The Texans, poor guys. His old team, by the way. Uh, so, all right. We have finished the first five. We are going to step away for a break. When we come back, five more. Ariel Epstein, the prop queen, talking prop and fantasy at the same time. <laughs> come on back. we got the last five to go. College football's championship weekend is behind us, but bowl season is almost upon us, and there is no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favorite team play in their bowl games this winter because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all tickets for NCAA football, NFL concerts, NBA, and more. Army in its bowl game this season, the lock. Heed Martin Armed Forces Bowl got to get out to watch that game. Super exciting. So I'm going to head over to TickPick right now, grab those tickets so I can watch Army win a bowl game. And I'm going to do it because TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge. And that lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their college football tickets. Don't believe it? If you find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick is going to give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. You cannot beat that deal. So head over right now to TickPick today. That's TickPick.com slash SGP. TickPick.com slash SGP. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Yes, you are. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. So get in right now on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. Plus, WinBet has some brand new bonuses that you can use to comfort yourself in what was a tumultuous and ridiculously crazy week 15. Go put some week 16 bets on the board so you can feel better about what happened this last week. And if you're a new user, bet $1, you could win $100 on any sport. Plus, you can get up to $1,500 as a free bet on WinBet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. And whatever your first wager is, WinBet is going to match it 200%. Bet $100, you're going to get a $200 free bet. Of course, do not go over that max wager, which is $750. That means that a $1,500 match is in play. They got great odds, great promos, great payouts. It's happening all right now at WinBet. From booster parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer. It's a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Prize Picks is the easy way to play Daily Fantasy. It's Daily Fantasy Simplified. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Plus, you use the promo code SGP. We're going to give you a 100% deposit match up to $100. This is very simple. It's you versus the projected numbers. That's it. That's all you need to do. You projected numbers. No head-to-head matchups. No total points. It's simple. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including yards, receptions, touchdowns, fantasy points, and so much more. Plus, they allow mixed sports entries, which means you could take the over on LeBron and combine it with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. 
you get every sport you can think of, like the NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, so much more. They've got an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and the Google Play Store, that has 4.8 stars rated in the App Store with absolutely rave reviews. Plus, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's literally that easy easy they offer safe and fast withdrawals so go right now to prizepicks.com promo code sgp for the 100 deposit match <laughs> back from the break with ariel epstein the prop queen of yahoo sports book we are talking what to expect out of some folks, but we're doing it in a language in which Ariel is super comfortable with, and that is props. Uh, so far, we've covered five guys who uh, really, some of them surprised, some of them let you down. Uh, but these next five are, are bigger names, Ariel, that we're going to really try to break down for folks because I've seen some very frustrated folks on Twitter uh, about the following five players that we're going to hit. Uh, and it starts, Ariel, with James Conner. If I had a nickel for every tweet about James Conner letting somebody down this week, um, I would be able to bet <laughs> the fact that James Conner let people down. So he, he, I mean, obviously was the darling a couple weeks ago, right? He's been in the end zone almost every game that he's in. And, and, and this week he failed to reach the end zone for the first time in a while. He failed to do much of anything for the first time in a while. And that has a lot to do with the next guy we'll talk about coming back. But I want to know, Ariel, is James Conner going to be someone, one, that we can rely on this week? And two, I have his his touchdown set at .5 touchdowns, a half a touchdown, because can he even score once? That That's what I want to know. And James Conner managers want to know, is he going to score this week? <laughs> I love that you set the number here. Is James Conner going to score this week? I would bet on no, and here's why. The Colts have allowed the second-least rushing touchdowns in football. Indianapolis has allowed... Eight rushing touchdowns. That's it. Just eight. Now you add in your second running back in Chase Edmonds, who I know you said we're going to talk about. Chase Edmonds adds another element because if you have James Conner, and I know fantasy is a different story because if you're in season long, you don't get to pick and choose. You probably have one. From a props perspective, if I'm betting an anytime touchdown prop, I don't want to bet on the wrong running back. I'll go crazy if I bet on one of these and the other one hits. I mean, that's where I have the issue. James Conner has been so good recently. It's just, again, when you go from being the only running back to now having to share the carries, it does take a toll on your fantasy implications. Now, the the good thing here is I looked back at the games that Edmonds played in that Conner also played in, and Conner scored in three out of the five games that they played together at the start of the season. Edmonds isn't really taking too much of a toll on the Connor touchdowns. It's more who you're up against this week. And it, this, it's the Indianapolis Colts who have been one of the best red zone run defenses in football. And that's where Connor does most of his damage, right? I mean, we've seen him break a few. We bring, we've seen him break a, a bunch of, a couple of long ones. But for the most part, he's deadly inside of the red zone. And if you can't really get there, and if the other team is good at stopping that, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely, I'm a little scared. Uh, about Connor's upside this week and especially scoring a touchdown, like you said, against the Colts, which, you know, if this were any other team, you would probably think that James Connor d- does have a good chance of doing it. Um, but this is a really tough Colts team. Surprisingly enough, I, I didn't give him a whole lot of credit going into the season with Carson Wentz, but here I am. Uh, but James Connor, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't see him getting into the end zone, which means from a fantasy perspective, 
probably best to leave him either on your bench or I guess wait it out if you have no other options at flex. Yeah, and the only other the only other thing that could potentially go in their favor is just because no DeAndre Hopkins for the rest of the I think regular or the rest of the year regular season uh, I think they said the potentially the Super Bowl he could be back for but he's really out for a while when you have no other when maybe when you have no other options but I don't know Zach Ertz has been great I would look to some Zach Ertz props and I really like the next player we're going to talk about in Chase Edmonds. Well, let's move there. Nice segue. Uh, Chase Edmonds. Uh, again, it's the it's the James Conner effect for Chase Edmonds and Chase Edmonds effect on James Conner uh, because Edmonds now comes back and assumes what we're going to think is the lead back role uh, for the Cardinals. And I've got his over under set at 30 rushing yards. Again, it seems low, but Chase Edmonds has not necessarily been all that explosive since he's come back. Even in that season, he's had a few good games. Um, but again, we're talking about the Colts and we're talking about the run defense that is the Colts, which is not easy to do. Um, and so does Chase Edmonds at least get you 30 yards this game against a tough defense, Ariel? Yeah, I think Edmonds will get to over 30 rushing yards. And it's because it's a low number. He just rushed for 53 last week. He went over this in six out of his 10 games played. Also, the Colts, even though they've been good against the run numbers-wise, this is why I look game by game. I don't just look in the NFL at averages because they're very deceiving. If you're giving me a prop of 30 rushing yards for Edmonds, you look to other two-headed monsters that have gone up against the Colts, two-headed backfields, Fournette and Jones, both had over that number for net 100 jones 37 agnew and james robinson for jacksonville 79 and 57 mark ingram and philip Lindsay 73 39 and daryl henderson and sony michelle 53 and 46 they've both gone over that number which shows to me that the colts although they're good at limiting running backs to less yardage than usual for a number like 30 with a two-headed backfield it could be harder for the colts to get a read on who's back there they haven't seen film on edmonds now in what five weeks He's also a threat in the passing game, and that's why I love Chase Edmonds. I have him on my fantasy roster solely because in a PPR league, he's great. And I would take, I've been taking the over on Edmonds receiving yards even more so than his rushing. You could either do that. You could do a rushing plus receiving yards for Edmonds. Now that it's his second week back is when things get real interesting in those backfields, aside for just that first game off the IR. So of the two... And obviously, you probably don't have both of them. But if you do have both of them, uh, you're definitely now putting Chase Edmonds. Because, look, the possibility is this. You could have picked up James Conner as the the backup to Chase Edmonds on your roster. And once Chase Edmonds went down, you slid in James Conner. But now that Chase Edmonds is back, you're saying, basically, go ahead and start him over James Conner, correct? Correct. That's the way I would play it, especially if you're in a PPR league, because you're going to get a few receptions out of Chase Edmonds in this game against the Colts, especially when you're down a receiver, your number one receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Second game back, I see Edmonds be being utilized not just in the ground game, in the passing game also, making him such a threat against this Colts defense. Yep. And if you've been hanging on to him, obviously, you know, he, he got you some good weeks over the course of the season and uh, you put him back in, I'm sure, last week. Got a little scared because it didn't necessarily, I mean, what, 50 some odd yards? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It was easing him back in. So I, I think this week will be full bore. Tough matchup, but it is the Cardinals. And boy, you want to talk about some pissed off teams. <laughs> they got embarrassed. Ooh, they are not going to want to do that again. You know, you know that that's not going to happen. That was my fishy line of the week. I saw that line move a point against Arizona, even though it's a double-digit spread. 
I saw that line move a point against them with 70% of the public backing Arizona. It just looked super fishy when that line moved against Arizona in the game. So, yeah, it was just one of those spots where Arizona, you you got you got beat by a really bad team and you were trying to just walk your way through it. And we've seen a lot of teams do that this year where they've gone up against really bad teams and they've lost outright as double-digit favorites. Yep, yep. And you know Bruce Arians is not going to want to let that happen. He's going to probably just slam it down their throats and, and see if he can pick up another win against them. So, yep. uh, all right. Speaking of slamming it down their throats, Najee Harris did that for a while. Uh, and then all of a sudden has not done that in a little while. And uh, well, I mean, okay, a little while last week, <laughs> we have, <laughs> we have such short memories in the fantasy world, but, uh, yep. <laughs> last week he didn't do it, which again, because people love nothing more than to make Pittsburgh the butt of every one of their fantasy jokes for whatever reason. And when Najee doesn't put up 90 yards, all of a sudden it's a catastrophe. What he had 18 yards last week. Um, but I've got his expectations, and, and maybe this is me being a little rose-colored glasses, but I have him at 80 rushing yards because I feel like he may get back on the horse. Uh, Ariel, tell me I'm wrong. Ooh, yeah. This one's a tough one for me, solely because it's a 10-point spread, which means that in Arrowhead, with Pittsburgh going there, the Chiefs are going to get up by so much that the Steelers are going to have to throw the football. This seems like a pass attempts game for me like, from a props perspective. Big Ben over on pass attempts. A play down from behind, and he's going to have uh, to try to get his wide receivers back to where they were a few weeks ago. I mean, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool just had a horrendous game against Tennessee, who is the worst defense in football against wide receivers. You couldn't get a pass for over 20 yards. It's ridiculous. You're going to have to throw the ball against Kansas City if you're Pittsburgh. You're going to be down. I can't see Pittsburgh keeping it super close, especially... Uh, with the way Kansas City's been playing lately. Their offense is finally getting going. Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey have been going for 100 receiving yards a game. Nicole Hardman's still out there, and their run game is okay. And I just feel like Kansas City and their defense is playing much better in the last few weeks. Now Pittsburgh, who's clearly struggling, they got off this high. And if this game was in Heinz Field, I'd feel very differently because every game in Heinz Field feels like the Super Bowl for the Steelers now that Big Ben is probably retiring at the end of the year. Going on the road, Steelers fans travel well, but Arrowhead, that's a whole other story, and their fans are going to be out there in full force hoping that this team is able to clinch their spot in winning the division again and uh, getting up to as high of a seating as they can to get that home field advantage if possible. I have no faith in the Steelers right now, and I'm probably not going to be betting any kind of Najee Harris props with the thought that the Steelers are going to have to throw the ball. And look, in a close game against Tennessee, and in a win, he only got 12 carries. Last week. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. The offense is absolutely struggling. There's really no semblance of any sort of cohesion there anymore. And maybe it is because Big Ben is on his way out. Maybe maybe everybody's sort of letting off the gas a little bit mentally because they know that this is this could be it. And they're trying to mentally prepare. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a football player, so I have zero zero basis for comparison on that. Uh, but you're right. Against a really tough... And, and here's the thing. In fantasy... People have been really relying on Najee to, to get them through some weeks. And, of course, he probably got you into the fantasy championship with his 20-carry, 94-yard uh, touchdown performance against Minnesota. But against KC, I don't know that he's going to win you that championship, unfortunately. No, I don't have even Najee Harris to do that either. I have to go back and look at the last few games for Kansas City because I didn't get a chance to do that yet. But I I do know this. Kansas City's 10-4. and 4. They switched over into being the favorite to now win the Super Bowl. 
And their defense has been playing well, which is exactly where that's exactly why the Chiefs won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Their defense started playing better. And if you're going to tell me that the Chiefs defense is playing better, well, that means that they're probably going to be able to limit at least one of the players they know that's been relatively consistent for the Steelers. And that's been Najee Harris, who Big Ben's been trying to get rid of the ball to. And he's been able to catch balls out of the backfield also. I just am going to see Big Ben. I I believe we're going to see Big Ben throwing the football more in a game that he's down, especially with that 10-point spread. And you know when you're a 10-point underdog or more, when you are a double-digit underdog, you are probably going to be throwing the ball. I mean, you're not going – if you're Kansas City, on the other hand, and you're the 10-point favorite, these are the opportunities where you go bet rush attempts, rushing yards, et cetera. When you're that double-digit underdog – I don't have faith in the Pittsburgh Steelers having to give the ball to Najee Harris for all four quarters. Yeah, we don't speak of that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. As a Niners fan, and my brother's a Chiefs fan, it just, yeah. We, we watched we watched the game together, and, you know, he was conflicted because he was happy, but he didn't want to be overly happy. And, I mean, look, whatever. It's, it's not, I don't play the game. So I was a little bit ticked, but uh, I still had to give it to him because it was his first Super Bowl in forever, so. Oh, Sorry. Well, I was on the other side, too. I was on the 49ers side because I just continue in Super Bowls to try to fade the trend, which that year was Patrick Mahomes. Last year was Tom Brady. And clearly that doesn't work in the Super Bowl. Of course, we're always brought to you by PropSwap. It is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. NFL playoffs are around the corner, and PropSwap has the best odds on Super Bowl futures. If you see a ticket you like, but you think the price is too high, submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then you can buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. And... As always, if you use that promo code SGP on your first deposit, PropSwap's going to double it up to $500. I say it every week, and I mean it every week. Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the countries list their sports bets for sale, and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every single day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. Last week, Joe from Sacramento, right up the road from me, he purchased a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl ticket at odds of 8-1 to one when Sportsbook are only offering five to one so i'm gonna go have a beer with joe because that boy cashed if you're not using PropSwap, then you are missing out get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app PropSwap is where america buys and sells sports bets what are you waiting for head over to better fantasy right now better fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sink your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups you can cash out for gift cards when the bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way it's a brand new company they want to grow their early adopter community so they want you in right now using their slick and fun app it is one of the reasons that we love it because they offer prop betting so if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet I say it every week again, and I mean it every week again. It's me. You can get in on some of the prop bets on Better Fantasy Plus. They just added a cool bonus. This is really cool, guys. I mean, honestly, you got to do this. If you get your entire league to join Better Fantasy, they'll give you a $150 gift card to get a sick-ass trophy from TrophySmack.com. It's totally free to play. You can download today for the Android or the iPhone. Check them out today. BetterFantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash sgpn when did sports betting become so rigid tell me 
Sports betting is meant to be social, right? So when I picture sports betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches, tossing bets around in a speakeasy. Well, SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account. See for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app. It's going to launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR code, and links, and so many other methods. There's no money transaction on the app. It's purely competitive. So the next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and see who can hit the most ridiculous bets. You have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric you want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept it. So let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today and join the revolution. And of course, do not forget to download the SGPN app. It is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. It gives you easy access to all of our picks and our podcasts just like this one. And while you're at it, don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. Okay, so Jamar Chase is a ridiculously intriguing creature because he pulled an absolute disappearing act last week. And I mean like absolute disappearing act. One catch for three yards against the Broncos. People were on him for most of the season anyways because he's been doing great things, and then he just mm-hmm. disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that is crazy for anyone from fantasy perspectives, yet here's my concern. As a diehard Ravens fan, this seems intentional. This is called, we have a playbook of Jamar Chase next week against a Ravens secondary who has nobody left. Their corners are all gone. Their safeties. The Ravens are so depleted defensively. Jamar Chase is going off against the Ravens, for sure. So to that end, I ask you, because this was the number that I set, uh, and, and so I'm so glad I'm with a professional. I had to clear my throat, so I had to toss it to you like with zero prep on that. Uh, but I want I want to know, is Jamar Chase going to get back? He's had five receptions in, in what, the last couple of games before the one that he, he just completely, I guess, pulled a dupe job. On, uh, on the Ravens for. <laughs> so is he going to get back to that five reception mark and more? You seem, I, I think from what I'm understanding, you seem to think yes. Yes. Five is five's a very generous number. They are going to give you at the sports book six and a half easily, if not seven and a half for receptions on Jamar Chase. His yardage is going to be high. I'm going to take the longest reception prop for Jamar Chase. He hit it the last time he played the Ravens. He'll probably hit it again this week. The Ravens looked good this week despite all of their injuries, but again, they still gave up 31 points to the Packers. The Ravens' defense looked good, though. That was the problem. They looked good for having no one on their defense left. Maybe the Ravens do get back this week. Calais Campbell is their best defensive player, but he's not part of the secondary. He's part of the line. That's why you got to challenge the secondary, and Jamar Chase is going to be able to eat against that Ravens team. It, and and for you, uh, Jamar Chase, because you're not going to sit him. I mean, this is a no. situation where, unfortunately, you I, and I've seen some knee jerk. You've obviously seen it too. We we read Twitter on a constant basis. We see how how knee jerk people are when it comes to uh, making decisions based on one week. That, oh my God, I'm just going to drop him. It's like, no, you won't. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I mean, but yeah, you've seen it, right? You've seen those types of people that react that way. Oh yeah, those kinds of people are so knee jerk reaction. If you ever think of sitting Jamar Chase. 
you're a lunatic and you should be kicked out of your fantasy league. <laughs> or at least let me join that fantasy league if we're going to go that way. Or at route. least let me take them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can't trade, but yeah. at the So yeah, uh, Jamar Chase, you, you sat through a clunker. And if you survived into the championship week, um, yeah, Ariel seems to think this was a great uh, espionage or, or subterfuge where uh, now next week against the Ravens, they're just going to open up the Jamar Chase can and, and let them all over. That game is more important anyway. I mean, every win is important. However, for the Bengals to get two wins over the Ravens, that's the difference maker in winning the AFC North. Yep. And the fact that they beat the the, the Broncos in the process too. I mean, that's another AFC uh, guy, which I'm, I'm glad that I had the Bengals in that one too uh, as underdog. So um, pat myself on the back for that. And uh, we'll move on to the next player where... <laughs> Where we'll go to Miami, we'll go back to Miami. Um, so look, Tua Tua was a name where everybody was grabbing because uh, a lot of people dropped him. Right when he was injured, a lot of people dropped him because they, especially in super flex leagues and two quarterback leagues, um, they were carrying him probably as the second quarterback. I don't know that too many people were carrying Tua as their their only quarterback in a twelve team league, um, but then they picked him back up again, and then they had the buy. Then he comes back uh, against the Jets, against the Jets of all teams, and doesn't necessarily have the greatest of all games. Um, but now I want to know for super flex and for two quarterbacks, because uh, Tua, what did he throw for? I'm going to come back over again. Was in 196, he didn't even hit 200 yards last week. So my question to you is, can we see Tua not only get over 200 yards, but I have him set at 215. I don't know if that's a good line or not. I probably shouldn't be a handicapper. It's a pretty good number. It's probably around 215 and a half, 220 and a half against the Saints. I'm looking at a lot of these games right now. So the Jets, weirdly enough, though, the Jets have a pretty decent defense. He's played them twice, though. So this was their second second shot at Tua. The Saints are very middle of the pack kind of de- defense. And looking at the other middle of the pack defenses that Tua has faced this year, I would consider the Jets, the Panthers. Who else? Uh, New England is another really good defense, um, but that was week one. We didn't really know too much about them. This one's a difficult one. Oof, you're killing me. Uh, well, look in There's that three game stretch. Other better in that three game stretch between what the Jets, oh. the the Carolina Panthers, and the Giants. He had over 240 yards in those in those matchups. So yeah, this is why it's one of those difficult situations. And are you starting him in a two quarterback league? 215 seems low. I would take an over on Tua for 215. He's gone over that in three of his last four. He's gone over that in one, two, three, four, five of his last seven. He can hit this number. And his offense, as long as they get healthier, I mean, I'd have to look at the injury report and see how the offense is doing with all their COVID situations. Um, but I could see him going over 215. The Saints coming off a high. I could even see this being one of those things where sharp bets are going on Miami after New Orleans just shut out the Bucks, and they're going to – it's one of those classic fade spots for a mediocre team that just had a huge win, and now you fade them. Miami still has – now they have their two-headed monster in their run game. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, everyone's healthy, ready to go for this week. And if you're going to get everyone deceived thinking Duke Johnson's going to be carrying the ball, yeah, take advantage of the passing game and start throwing the ball. I, I really like the weapons that they have. And with Waddle, get, I think it was Waddle that just got activated off the COVID list. Mm-hmm. And Parker and Gusecki, I could see him going over 215. 
Yeah, and, and you were talking about it earlier when we were talking about Duke Johnson. This is probably going to be a game where they do throw, uh, where Tua does put the ball up quite a bit, and, and you're not going to see much of the rushing game, especially against the Saints. So, um, yeah, I mean, this is a, a situation where I think Tua has to reassert himself. Uh, and, and it sounds silly, especially after a game where he, you know, against the Giants where he threw for 244 and two touchdowns with no picks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, this is a, a Miami team that's on a absolute roll. Uh, and, and they're going to want to keep it that way. And, and one of the ways they got there was riding to his arm. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. 215 is a pretty low number. Uh, I will go and, and research how to actually do this for real next time we have you on the show. <laughs> we have come to the end of the 10 players. I got to tell you, Ariel, this is uh, this has been a blast. Uh, I loved speaking your language and I love being able to, to prep folks on what to expect for week 16. Because, look, if anybody wants to put the week 15 debacle behind us, it's those of us that actually made it past it. I agree. And I'm still sitting here with these three games left. I can't, I'm so frustrated because out of all fantasy weeks, the quarterfinals is the week for me that now we have three extra games in the middle of the week. And it's just super frustrating because I'm up by, I would say, close to 100 points. And he still has two receivers and I, I, maybe even three receivers. Le- no, two receivers and Nick Chubb. So I'm still sitting here sweating out a 100-point fantasy lead for us staying in the mix. So let's just hope that uh, my Week 15 doesn't end on a dud like that. Oh, that's frustrating, too, because normally at this point we'd only have one game to worry about. But no, right. we got four, and here we are. Especially because because I'm most nervous about him having Nick Chubb and that game should have ended Saturday. Well, all I know is that I'm sitting in second place right now in the conference uh, semi or the semifinals of Scott Fishbowl. I want to stay there by the time that it's over because I want to advance and this is super exciting, but now I have four games. That is exciting. (laughs) Wow. Congratulations on that. That's a ton of really well-respected fantasy players that I know that are in the Scott Fishbowl. I've interviewed him before too when we were talking about his tournament a few years ago. It's really competitive. So that's really impressive where you are right now. It's insane. But like I said, I'm not sleeping well either because we still got four games to sweat for people to catch up. So cross my fingers and hope for some low totals this or or high totals for you if you need them. Uh, But yeah, so. Uh, All right, Ariel, thanks so much for being on the show. Let everybody know where they can find you all across the social media world. You can find me at Ariel Epstein on Twitter, Ari Epstein on Instagram, and all over the Yahoo Sportsbook social media platforms because I'm always posting props out there and doing NBA DFS. You definitely want the props because props are what I think they're so much fun anymore. If you haven't gotten on prop train, get on the prop train. Definitely let Ariel help you because she is a valuable resource in that world, uh, and we definitely appreciate your time. Ladies and gentlemen, we try to kick off week 16. It's still ha- the week 15 is a week that hasn't let go. We'll figure it out. But until, until you do week 16, hopefully you get a jump on your championship. Hopefully you win your championship. We always thank you for listening, and make sure to head over to Prize Picks right now. Go get those uh, props, and uh, make sure you, you head over there Hit those props. We want to see you playing on it. Use that promo code SGP for your bonus. And until next week, everybody, good luck in your championships and let it ride. So tight and chained, loud and scrubbing gums.